Welcome to the LTID Network Podcast. I'm your host, Rob Anderson, and on this podcast, we seek out the world's best researchers, coaches, support staff, teachers, and athletes to better understand the process of long-term athlete development. Don't forget to get your seven-day free trial to our online platform and 50% off your first month with the code LTADVIP50. That's LTADVIP50 at the LTID Network Hub website. This podcast episode is sponsored by Statera. Statera is a web-based application that helps youth athletes and their stakeholders estimate training load, track maturation status, monitor readiness, and manage injury. Put together by coaches working with busy youth athletes, Statera helps keep things simple and brings together the most important training information in one place to ensure that effective athlete-centered decisions can be made. No more complicated Excel tutorials and spreadsheets, just upload your athletes' data and their training schedule and start to take control of their training commitments and workload. Make more informed decisions and protect your athletes' well-being, supporting their performance. Statera takes your data very seriously. GDPR compliant and registered with the ICO, choose from a range of maturation indices and validated measures, or customize your own. Statera can record any training variable and all your data is fully exportable. To reach out today and get a free walkthrough, head over to www.statera.uk. That's S-T-A-T-E-R-A dot U-K. Just a quick note to let you know about the launch of the LTAD Network regional events. These will be kicking off with our very first event happening in Scotland on the 24th of February between 6 and 9pm at Orium, the National Performance Centre. If you want to know more details, then head across to the LTAD Network website or social media accounts If you're based elsewhere in the UK, keep your eyes peeled for future events as we start to organize these and branch out across the UK. Welcome to the LTAD Network Podcast. Today, I'm speaking with John Noonan. John Noonan is a performance coach, lecturer, and business owner with over 15 years experience working across youth, senior, and international athletes across various professional sports, including Olympic medalists and national champions. In 2018, John founded his business, Noonan Performance, where he now works as a performance coach consultant to elite athletes and corporate clients, as well as running a coach mentorship program. John is also a regular speaker at national and international conferences and a guest lecturer in strength and conditioning at Liverpool John Moores University. John, thanks for uh, giving us your time this evening. It's great to have you on the podcast. Great to be on. Good to, good to see you and thanks for having us on, mate. Yeah. Not a problem. So for those who haven't come across... John Noonan, in your uh, in your journey, give us a bit of the the backstory. What's the origin story? How did you fall in love with sport? How did that develop into the the career that you had? Cool. So, well, like many, a field tried to field athlete. Um, I thought there was a, a future of professional football waiting for me until I, I realised that was terrible. So, that sadly didn't materialise, and and then kind of from there, look to if if I thought sport wasn't going to work, go into academia a little bit more. Found that I wasn't the smartest in the room either. So. I uh, grafted pretty hard, went through college, university, uh, and then ended up realising probably about halfway through university that at least working in the sporting domain was going to be the goal that I had in mind. And I could at least materialise, but not through playing in it. So at the time as well, I'd, I'd worked in, in the fitness industry for about three to four years, always had a side job, 
through through university and sort of finding my way through university with that as well um and really really enjoyed it but if I was honest I'd, I'd kind of tired somewhat of just the generic population coaching although I learned a great deal and it was a really good setting and then thought well do you know what I'm learning all this cool stuff such as physiology and, and the application in sport and what if I could really test myself at the high end there so start to do some volunteering in the local areas um, a handful of volunteer roles in football um, eventually ended up at, at Hull City under 16s doing a couple of nights a couple of nights a week which was cool and then uh, through the connections at university ended up being offered um, a combined opportunity through an MSC at Hull to go and work at Scunthorpe United as a year for a year as an intern which was great and they were in the championships so I learned huge amounts of lessons there and all sorts of things from getting lads at the time to do heavy RDLs two days before a game, which you realise come game day, that wasn't the smartest move in the <laughs> you could have made. And uh, so quickly pivoted, but it was a really cool year um, and working with a much older group than me as well. So, you know, I was definitely uh, shown, shown how to behave on a few occasions. Um, and then kind of from there thought, yep, football was the route, carried on with the MSC pathway, albeit paused, but then I moved down south to Chelsea uh, again, great opportunity in the academy this time. Um, was there for about a year and a half, um, and and definitely at the time had aspirations to stay there and move forwards. But I kind of felt that actually, beyond heart rates, urine bottles, and uh, and warm ups, that I wasn't learning a great deal. Despite the fact I was already at you know one of the best clubs in the world, and thought, well, that this can't be it for me because I can stay here and have a really nice lifestyle, but I'm not really being tested. If I was honest with myself. So came back up north, went into rugby union, got really tested there. You'll appreciate that. The volume of coaching that you do is huge. So I learned um, a massive amount of work, led an academy programme, which then went into a first team programme, which was pretty cool again, and was there for a couple of years before started to, uh, I was actually introduced to snowboard cross athlete in the area. So I led on that programme and that kind of then bled into winter Olympics, which was cool. Went to the freestyle park and pipe stuff. Which was which was pretty special, um, preparing for an Olympic program, and then offer that opportunity to go back into rugby league, uh, which was a cool experience, although very challenging. And from there, pivoted again. Thought right, well, let's get back to football, back to the roots. This time into Everton, and uh, start picking up one or two bits along the side. And then family happened, and commitments grew, and and thought right, well, actually. I want to think a bit more sustainably about my lifestyle, my future, rather than just what's the next big badge or opportunity. So started my own business in 2018, launched properly in 19, been doing that ever since. Um, as we were just chatting about loving the challenges and there's a lot of challenges, but a uh, very cool journey nonetheless and feeling pretty fortunate at the moment to have a really good contract opportunity with Hintza in Formula Racing and then have um, some private clients on the side, coach mentoring and uh, a couple of the bits and bobs in the, mm. in, in the smelting works as well. So yeah, it's pretty good. So I guess, you know, as a, as a bystander, a lot of people, when you made that pivot, may have said, John, what on earth are you doing? Why are you leaving a great job at Everton to that's stable and, you know, has, has got this, the status and maybe the, the salary package attached, what, what's going through your head when you decide to then go down a completely different route? What was the light bulb moment that kind of made you think, mm. hang on, something's going to change here? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I, <laughs> you're not wrong because I, I went to my boss and it took a really good setting there. Great team, felt really fortunate to be working with some class acts in Jack Dowling, Marcus Hannon, Nick Coleman, 
Lewis Chanuk, some phenomenal practitioners uh, and, and a really good boss in John McKeon. And I went to John and said, listen, this is what I'm thinking of doing. He said, you're absolutely mad. He said, actually, he said, you're effing mad because you've got, you've got a child already. You've got another one on the way. You've got a permanent contract here. What are you doing? Stay. And um, that was a pretty, pretty tricky conversation. And I could have easily stayed there easily for another five years. But for me, there was, there was always a couple of things sort of itching away at me. And one of those was that actually four days out of seven, I didn't see my children. And you know, at that point, what was I then? I think a 31, 32 year old and, and wanting to be present a little bit more concerned about actually, this is the career I've built for myself yet. This is my accessibility to the children. And I've just invested in bringing a family along. And, and what does that feel like? So frustrated in that scene, wanting to do something about it. Also wanting to continue to be challenged, I think, as perhaps sort of the, the career path has, has, sh has shown me, at least when I look back through my own CV, is that every kind of three years or so, I have looked to sort of edge into what is the next opportunity, wanting to be challenged, needing to be stretched. And I, and I feel like I do my best work when I'm at that level. Um, so there was a couple of things there. And, and the last thing, if I was honest as well, was wanting to earn a little bit more now as a quite a senior coach. Um you know, you invest heavily in your education, your experience, and you feel like you've got a lot to offer and wanted to, to operate, at, at, I guess, a top level. So I decided that three things there being family fulfillment and finance were kind of key pillars that were calling me. And then that was the, the moment that I thought, well, OK, either I can go to another club and which would be cool, but different badge, maybe a different accent, similar challenges. What opportunities are there for you, albeit very similar ones, or I can go and create what I think I really want to achieve on my own. Uh, and that's kind of where the, the whole self-employment idea came from. If I was honest, always had an idea of a bit of a side hustle about a decade prior. I'd bought the, uh, the domain name of noonandfitness.co.uk or .com or something, which is horrific now. If I, if I say it out loud, it's very generic. And at the time, I just thought, I fancy that as, a, as an option. I even took business studies at school, but I shouldn't have because I was terrible. I knew nothing. But I think beneath it all, there was always a bit of an aspiration to think about what could I build for me and not just for somebody else. And um, yeah, at least that was the that was the aspiration to do something different. So, what impact did that kind of moment have for you in the initial and in you know the, the coming the six months and the twelve months beyond that? What was the ripple effect of that decision? Rob, I was bricking it, absolutely bricking it, because you know, as my boss had uh, uh, <laughs> had so simply outlined, I had. I had children, I had commitments. Uh, I'd, as I told you before, we'd set up on a mortgage in 2018. So we had a lot of, um, uh, yeah, a lot of large commitments hanging over us. And, it, you know, it's not always easy to just step away from those. And I'm someone that's probably quite prudent, would sit on the fence and want to play something a little bit more safe. But I think so compelled by the journey that I was looking down the barrel of thinking, I'm not going to be hugely fulfilled by that. And I think I can do this in another way. And I back myself. Uh, and I think a few a few honest conversations with a wife and, and she's a bit more of a, an optimistic, forceful character naturally that um, if probably it wasn't for her, I wouldn't have stepped into the unknown somewhat and made the jump. Um, what helped with that, of course, was that I didn't just go clean day one, who wants me? I'd, I'd managed to engineer an opportunity within Hintza, but even then that was covering two thirds of my salary. So uh, there was definitely uh, an uncomfortable need to go out and earn and um uh, as I say, through Everton, I kind of picked up a couple of bits on the side and had a few conversations and, and tried to make things a little bit more secure. And, 
and I, and I took the leap and the, the goal was year one to break even and then and then evolve from there so uh, thankfully I've not had to look back and or at least uh, go back to Everton with my tail between my legs but albeit again you know that not to sound too negative there because that was a phenomenal opportunity and many people would say oh yeah that, that's a pinnacle for me and it, and it was for a very very long time but I think the difference thing the difference there really was that you know when you are an aging coach and I sound old saying that but you have growing commitments right you have changes in your lifestyle and inevitably the way I looked at a career that I'd invested so much into and you know sacrificed a lot of personal opportunities and or events like many of us do to get where we are I um you know the, the career went from being my primary passion to the primary family asset fortunately the wife's not working and and it was the idea of right how can we build a vision that we want a bit of life life by design as a concept rather than just um trying to fashion the life that you really aspire to albeit as an employee when you know as everybody knows you can be a little bit limited in your opportunities to, to go on holidays or time off and, and somewhat so. So how has that changed for you? What jobs or projects you decide to get involved with? Well, I mean, I mentioned before those kind of three pillars, the three Fs, and I really fell upon that concept really. And I didn't realize how, how nice that kind of sounded at the time, but what I decided upon was that, you know, when I was trying to make the jump or make the move, which was feeling a little bit scary and very risky, was that I needed a framework, I needed a strategy that would give me at least an anchor with which to make those decisions against. So that was the framework I used at the time, and it's the framework that I still use today, and, and, and led by the priority of family first. So is this opportunity going to provide the, the opportunities that we want and need as a family, and will it allow me to spend the time that I so desire with the family? And it's, it's basically a, t a tick or a cross, yes or a no, and then you pivot on that. And then fulfillment, is this opportunity going to inspire me? Can I work with people that excite me and challenge me? Can I work in an environment that feels, that aligns with my ambition? Is it exciting? Yes or no again. And then the finance, you know, it's a very simple one. Does it pay me what I feel I'm worth? And or does this opportunity allow me to grow into an avenue that I don't necessarily have earning potential at the moment? Um, within that, I'm a really big fan of, uh, a good friend and mentor of mine, Mike Aspinall, who's in property, and we, we used to coach together at Leeds. He put me onto a resource by Robert Kiyosaki, a rich dad, poor dad. I'd really recommend, if anyone's got aspirations to really, to, to be honest, break into financial freedom, never mind self-employment, to read it. Um, and it really challenged my, my thought process around money and just exchanging time for money and how it really spells out the concept that you are financially never going to be free if all you're ever doing is earning a revenue through time for money because time is finite you've only got so much of it um you've only got so much of that resource to spend and when you've spent it all your earning potential cannot scale anymore so what about looking at consulting opportunities as a hybrid model what about maybe passive income what about investments so i kind of also made it a side a side goal within this kind of career of self-employment to, to grow into each one of those quadrants and at least have a finger in each one of those and build it out. Um, so that, that was an aspiring goal as well, but yeah, very much the, the kind of use that triple F framework to, to pivot and make decisions from has been really, really useful. Yeah. As someone who's kind of gone through uh, a similar process in terms of thinking about your priorities and what you want for the future. And, you know, is this the right avenue for me? <clears throat> you know, 
I was fortunate that I kind of, I guess, got, managed to fumble my way or get my way through there with some good mentors. But when I came across, you know, more recently, I'd already made the decision by this point, but coming, coming across your 3S model, I thought, man, this would have been so useful when I was in the dark thinking, what am I going to do? What, what's the, the next step for me? Yeah. And I think, it's, I think it's a massively simple, massively useful framework for people to really evaluate what they want. But what I really liked about uh, the manual that you put together at the start was around identifying values. And I know sometimes when, you, when you're in the kind of meathead world of SSC, sometimes people you know, can, can poo-poo these things. But actually, when you get to the crux of a matter, often it comes down to what people value, you know, whether it's autonomy, um, whether it's you know, growth, et cetera. So talk to us a bit about you know, the importance of identifying those values for, for you as an individual and how that kind of plays out in, in some of those decisions. Mm. I love that. And I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. If I think back to decisions I've made throughout my career and decisions that I made right and those that I got wrong, when I made decisions that were quote unquote right or that felt right for me, at least and played out in a way that was inspiring, developed me, challenged me and, and you know, allowed me to grow. Undoubtedly, it was a decision that was in line with who I was, what I, what I wanted, what I aspired to, what I needed on an emotional and a professional or personal level. When I made decisions that, you know, at least in hindsight, you realize that aren't necessarily aligned with, with your values, whether or not you've thought deeply about on what basis am I really choosing this opportunity? If I was honest, I chose those roles because of, well, principally it was self-development. I think there's an opportunity there that's going to challenge me. I think it will do wonders for my CV, my credentials, experience, wealth maybe ego certainly you know if i if i think about i don't think any any decision you make is a bad decision right because you can never kind of prepare yourself or protect yourself from from a wrong decision you only know afterwards if it's the right or wrong thing and sometimes the, the decisions that haven't gone so well are really important because it, it helps you ref, reframe what's truly important to you and you're able to narrow your focus down for oh next time i'm going to get this right in this way and i'm gonna do this a bit differently and if I'm honest, the role I took in, in rugby league when I was working in a really cool um, novel group within freestyle snowboard, I probably shouldn't have taken taken the, the rugby league role because of the way that that played out. Um, I mean, if I hadn't have gone to the head coach at the end of the year and said, I, I think I'm going to leave, I'd have probably been pushed anyway if I, if I read the writing on the wall and if I was honest myself. But fundamentally, uh, I learned pretty quickly after about, three months that that was not the opportunity that, that I should have ever taken. Albeit, I still wanted the challenge of, of going in, having impacts, giving value and applying a framework that, you know, over time as a coach, obviously you perfect and you develop and at least you test in a different sport. But having the reason I did, I, I guess, was because a really good balanced decision that I'd made in, in rugby union in the years prior where I'd love that experience. And if I think about what was special about that, it was really the people the environment um, and the, the, I think, a cohesion of or an ambition, a joint ambition to achieve excellence. We nailed it. Whereas, at least uh, in, in the group that I joined in Super League, we didn't necessarily have that. Maybe had one out of three, um, and it just it wasn't a positive environment. And, and I certainly didn't didn't thrive there. Um, and we had our first child in that year, so that was a challenging year personally as well. So, you know, broadly speaking. When you make decisions that are more in line with your values, i.e., who you are, what you want, and what's important to you, generally speaking, you're going to be you're going to be happy, you're going to be fulfilled, you're going to be satisfied, 
and more than likely you're going to do your best work but if in contrast you don't make decisions that are well aligned with you on a personal level and you're looking for not you know the unicorn of work-life balance i think and rightly so that concept gets challenged it's a really nice principle in in theory it's very difficult to do it and if we're honest there's always a constant flux i've seen a really good few examples out there that kind of use this illustration of um radio dial you know where you talk about well time money work ambition whatever they, they kind of they kind of flow it ebbs and flows and they undulate and I, and I agree with that wholeheartedly you're never every single day of the week hitting the sweet spot on every single aspect but at least over the month at least over every quarter you can look back and go yeah this is in line with who i am and what I, what i'm about so i think it's been really really honest with that the one thing that perhaps is a little more challenging is trying to give coaches the hindsight, the wisdom before you, you know, press fast forward and go through some of the opportunities that inevitably burn you and or a little bit of a sour taste in your mouth. But again, they're good opportunities, but nonetheless, I definitely, definitely started to lose sight of what am I doing this for? Because I think it was, uh, you know, when you've got two to three children, and they, you know, you're thinking about moving them across the country, moving them abroad. And I was, I was looking at a role in, in Australia, and that probably would have been the final hurrah for me as well. But it has a much bigger impact than just you selfishly. It ain't just about you anymore. I had to think a bit more broadly about you know, the kids and their opportunities and everything else, which is probably where I'm seeking a little bit more stability because I've got a life by design that I'm in control of, rather than at the end of the year, are you under risk of losing your contracts because of instability? There's COVID and how that's pushed things around for people as well. So, um, yeah, probably digress there a little bit, but yeah, hopefully that gets across. No, no, I think it's really good. I mean, you kind of brought up something that I think leads quite nicely around that work-life balance. And I think one of the things you absolutely nailed and really spoke to me was around the influence of career stage in terms mm. of what you're wanting, how that drives and, and how you manage to break it up into, you know, breakers, survivors, thrivers, redefiners. And I was uh, chatting to Josh earlier today and I said I was laughing as I was doing it because like I turned 35 in June and I think the age bracket for redefiners is like 35. I was like, boom, <laughs> you managed to get so accurate on that. And it was, you know, just having these different characteristics. Yeah. Of, hey, if you, you, you know, breakers, you're probably trying to land that first big gig. You're probably around this age. You're probably giving up loads of stuff to move across the country and chase the dream. But as, as your career evolves and as your commitments evolve and as you mature, you start to think, hmm, actually, maybe I want something a bit different. Maybe I'm not prepared to give up every single weekend. Maybe I'm not prepared to do this. And I think, you know, that influence of career stage is actually mega. And it's not something that we really talk about. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Definitely. Because let's face it, you know, when you're, you know, sub five, maybe even 10 years post-university, all you're concerned about is paying off your student loan been able to apply your craft that you've worked so damn hard to develop and you know you graduated with whatever level of whatever level of distinction you've gone through the the hoops of trying to to acquire an industry level certification and you feel you've got the badge and you go damn it i'm coach i'm coach ready test me out let's go let's put this thing to test and um you know i wasn't thinking about sustainability sub five years sub 10 years if i have the hindsight now would i have done things different probably not but at least I would have, I think, had better foresight with, right, do you understand where this is going longer term? I mean, if we if we add, if we add the details of this in a second, so I, did a, I wrote a blog a while ago and did a lot of research around, okay, what, as you mentioned there, what are the general 
demographics that we have within the industry today? What other career opportunities that we have? What's the earning potential for some of those groups? And um, the UKSA did a um, an anonymous, anonymous, let me say the word, anonymous survey. And uh, uh, there was a portion of the industry, I forget the, the exact numbers, a portion of the industry basically showed their hand and said how experienced they were, where they were working, what certs they had, how much money they were earning. And, and the bottom line came out that if you were five years or less qualified with a UK state certification and at least a master's, you could expect to earn a salary of sub 20 grand. And I think when you deliver that message today to many people, they're in shock because you're, there's a working theory at least, or a bit of a, a consideration that we're going to be earning 30K upwards. I mean, you know, in the stages of, I'm sure as, as you did similar to me, when I entered the, the industry, we're talking now 2007, you probably could fetch a higher salary and average than what you can right now because supply demand has influenced and affected the market standing. So because there's much greater competition and there's more people willing to take a bum on a seat, even if you're the right man for the job, someone else will step in at that nominal value, which maybe devalues the, 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 the price or the wealth of a coach, or at least what we feel our standing is. But again, coming back to the survey, coaches who are at least around for 10 or 15 years were starting to then command their value. So of course, the more skills, the more experience that you acquire, sure, the more you should be commensurably given a, a, a bigger salary. But the problem is that those salary bands aren't necessarily evolving more and more and more. You, I think what you find now is that you get the likes of, you know, um, the 20 year plus coach and you know, I probably don't want to say any names here, but we, we understand who they are and they can probably command values of a Premier League football club in excess of 125, 200,000 pounds a year. But those roles are few and far between. Evidently, you're not going to get rich as a coach. So again, come back to values. What do you truly value? And the minute you are providing for younger people and you're thinking about career sustainability, you're thinking about pensions and other things, suddenly money doesn't matter to you. Not because you're greedy, it's the facts. You have a lifestyle of which you're looking to, to, to build um, and a level of, of, of living that you want to achieve. You can't necessarily do that on, on a salary, or you can for sure, but it, it, you know, the one that I aspire for is, is certainly more than a 30, 45 grand a year salary. So they're just the facts. Um, and that's not to say that it's 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 a bad salary, but it, it is a very, very competitive space. So the bottom line is think very, very clearly about what direction you're heading in and what you're prepared to accept. And don't be afraid to say, I'm not willing to accept that because you feel your value is a lot greater. But be prepared to put the due diligence in to accept and or scale up what you feel your worth is and, and go and create those opportunities. I think that's where that, you know, that concept of, you know, lifestyle by design or your vision and mission is really important because, you know, if you're, as you're saying, one of your values is, you know, I want to be paid what I'm worth or, you know, one of your values is having the wealth to choose how you spend your time. Well, that's probably going to then prompt an action, which is like, well, actually, I'm probably going to have to do something alongside my coaching role to produce a, something that's scalable, whether that's an online product or it's, you know, it's something digital or whatever, that's going to be my outlet for that because it's not going to come through my full-time salary, clearly. Because, you know, my, you know, symbolic pay rise every second year locked into a threshold that's not really going anywhere. 
you know, maybe matching my age if I'm lucky, yeah. is not going to create the wealth of freedom for you to choose how you spend your time. So, okay, you're going to have this full-time role, but now you know, okay, to, to achieve that vision for my life or that value, I'm going to have to do something else. Yeah. How, what is that thing now? So it creates an action point, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Couldn't agree more. And look, I think, you know, if we're listening to the echoes of social media and we're seeing the movements of, of, of the industry now, we're seeing a lot more people with those offerings, aren't we? Um, I think it's probably fair to say that the pandemic has accelerated that movement somewhat. I think there were a lot of good coaches, sadly, um, being offered lower salaries and rightly so said, no, thank you. And therefore assistance in, in, in existing positions were given, let's say a lead role at you know a lower bandwidth. And so it's created a problem where coaches have to go out and earn their worth and or, and or um, leverage time and services through different means. And I think that as an industry, we're stronger for that. I think we're stronger for that because for a long, long, long time, I think a traditional route or the conventional route is get the highest level of skills that you can through academia, go and get a really you know, strong and or uh, an essential industry cert practice your wealth, sorry, practice your value and deliver that through good service, good results, um, and go and get the biggest and the best job that you can at the biggest salary that you can, which again, kind of echoes a lot of the messaging within that rich dad, poor dad concept, because <laughs> the idea is that you go and get the best grades that you can, you get the biggest job that you can to get the most money that you can. But generally speaking, you don't own your time. You probably live to your means, most people do, you spend what you earn um, and or you have a house and you've got liabilities, quote unquote, that fit within your budgets, um, but then it's very difficult to scale financially and you're caught in the trap. And the other things like you mentioned before of, if you will, let's put, let's put, um, let's put uh, contributions toward a car, health insurance and pensions in the golden handcuffs. You, you, you get wrapped into this concept that I've got a really good package here. And look, again, I'm not hating on that because that, that is a route that I, I've built my craft in and it's helped me get to where I am today. Um, and it's, it's the right route for many, many, many people. But at some stage, you recognize that there is another way to do it. Uh, and if you so wish to do, you can make it, you can make it successful and, and, you know, probably step out of to some extent the competition or the rat race so to speak of just employed roles it doesn't have to always be the path well trodden and i think in the next decade we're going to see a lot more people competing in business in the same way that we do right now for for industry roles or at least the most popular roles yeah i think this all comes back to values again doesn't it like if your value is stability mm. then that permanent contract is probably exactly yeah, what you know, you would have eaten that up. But if your value is adventure or your value is growth or your value is wealth, then that's a different decision to be made. And I think that's why it's important to have that kind of com internal compass or at least an awareness of, okay, this is what I'm going to use to guide my decisions because this is what I think feel is important for me. Um, did you, out of interest, when you made that decision, like initially way back when we decided to leave Everton, because I know what it's like. A lot of people don't reach out in public. They don't, you know, they don't stick on your Facebook or your tweet you saying, John, I'm thinking of doing the same thing because they know their employer might be watching yeah. their bosses on Twitter. But did you have a lot of people reaching out to you saying, ballsy move, I'm thinking about doing the same myself? Or did you have anything like that? Yeah, very much so. Very much so. And and generally speaking, it was probably people who I knew already or they knew me and and all peers, right, who you had some sort of uh, open dialogue with. Um, <laughs> there was a running joke that that book I've, I've referenced a couple of times. I'd given it to um, 
a couple of lads on the staff that was working with the same team and the the, uh, the running joke was that everyone that read that book eventually left and or has left so um you know when you when you when you challenge the status quo with with an idea that we know to be true but haven't yet accepted or at least been influenced by something magical happens is that you look at your problems with a different lens and you probably develop the courage and or ask yourself some challenging questions which are actually is my are my decisions genuinely in line with my values and or the first time you probably think about that because value, value sounds like quite a woolly concept i think a lot of people you know really um and, and you mentioned before values and mission and or values and vision they do drive all of our decisions if we're honest with ourselves so the older you get the more you recognize what you're about you're a bit more reflective you're probably a bit more emotionally intelligent and or astute in that space because of your experiences you know what you like and you don't you know what you don't like and you're probably a bit more comfortable with who you are and what you're about and so the decisions that you make daily not just in a career are probably a little bit more representative of what you really stand for and the key thing really is that especially if you lead a workforce and or you you manage a department is that you recognize the importance of being able to lead yourself because you understand what you stand for in order to influence and lead others you can't do the leading part if you don't know where you're at yourself first and to you know plug this product that we've been talking about um i guess throughout is that if you are able to put yourself through um quite an honest level of reflection in whatever format that is and then you understand and or refine your values you're a little bit more aware of actually is the path where that i'm on does it really go where i think i want it to go in the future i might not exactly know what that is but at least is the is the route at least on that gps is that heading toward that compass end yes right are my behaviors and my actions really congruent with who i think i am as a person as well because most people want to be light they want to be authentic they want to have high integrity uh, maybe you want to be compassionate and so you recognize that certain behaviors do or don't speak to those um and if nothing else you probably come to accept who you are a little bit more and, and we're probably bordering here a little bit on you know the idea of the, the stigma on mental health of you know um understanding what you're about managing your own expectations being able to co um, cope with adversity and the negative self-talk because you are making decisions in line with you know who you are how you feel um uh and if i was honest when i if i were to look back through my career span and ask, ask myself those questions of was that move in line with the values that you had at the time in some instances yes in others no but again come back to the point that generally speaking you're going to hit the mark more often than not if you can if you can make those decisions and or at least have a concept of a framework that you go what what keeps me happy at the end of the day uh, and, and is that heading in the right direction for me and if so how do i get that more often yeah, I think it's really important. Uh, I think the the light bulb moment for me um, happened uh, um, a couple of months ago when I was, I was leading a session and I was pretty gruff and short with an athlete, which is pretty incongruent with the way I want to turn up and live, you know, um, act. And one of a coach who I've worked with for a number of years said to me, like, "What's happened with you? Like, you're not, you're not like how you used to be." And I kind of I uh, said, to, "I agree. Do you know what? Actually, I'm not." And in my head, I thought. It's because I don't want to be here anymore. Mm. Um, and then that comes back to values, right? My value was this isn't this isn't engaging me. This isn't 
this is no longer congruent with the path I see myself on. Mm. And I think uh, it's kind of reminds me of, of being at uni and sitting through um, like sports psychology lectures and thinking, oh, this is pitch, like this is a woo-woo, like, you know, <laughs> let's get in and let's talk about sets and reps and periodization. And then you get a job and then you realize, actually, this athlete is not interested in what I've written down. I need yeah. to connect with this individual and communicate. And you realize how important that thing around human psychology and engaging with people was. And I think for anyone listening, you know, is there's probably an inverse correlation between how important you think these values are and how much you should engage in them in terms of if you don't think they're important, you should be 100% engaging and do the exercise because you don't even realize how much they're driving your behavior. 100%, 100%. The idea that you gave there of when you connected with it, I don't think I'm being me because I'm probably not doing something that I think I like and or want to do. It's always when you're under pressure and you're going through some sort of adversity, then do you go back to, what am I doing this for? It's always on the on your worst day that you question yourself and there's the negative self-talk. And, and those are the days that if you have a really clear concept of what you're about and who you are, what you want, that you're able to probably accept and give yourself that little slap in the face and just go, all right, I'm having a bad day, shake it off, we'll go again tomorrow, but I'm really happy still what I'm doing versus I'm having this a lot and I don't feel good about things at the moment. And or I'm probably reacting to things in a, in a way that I shouldn't be doing. Am I living in line or balanced with with what I thought I was doing? Is this is this is this the right thing for me anymore? And look, it could be a lot of things. And we've we've spoken about, you know, I've spoken at least about commitments, but family commitments. But it can be for a number of reasons. It can be for, you know, um, it, it can be that you want to experience a different side of your career. Like you mentioned adventure, you want to go and do something a little bit different to the norm. And that's why probably you need to be thinking clearly about. You know, time is precious. So if you do want to go and have those opportunities, how are you going to open those doors? But again, it all starts with understanding what your heading is and where you start from. And uh, I think it's getting from there. Mm, absolutely. So how, uh, looking back now at the decisions you've made and, and the trajectory that's taken you on, are you, are you satisfied with the decision you've made? Are you happy with, with what's happened and, and unraveled in the last 12 to 18 months? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Because like I said before, the, the, the triple F concept was that um, that was going to be my framework that I would use to keep me accountable because I, I decided that actually it wasn't just about the career and or the experience of a career. It was more about a lifestyle. Um, and I think that's something that most folks don't do. We think about building careers. We think about is our career satisfying us? Is it helping us, allowing us to do the things that we've spent so hard educating in? And um, I think when you've done it enough and you've moved around a little bit, again, you start to evaluate a bit differently. Things become important to you, don't they? You get partners, you get married, you get family, you get you get houses, whatever it is, and your interest starts to shift. And, and for me, the minute we started getting a, a couple of children, now we've got three, it's um, you want different things. You want different things. And you look at um, the lifestyle that you're giving your children. You look at the time that you're spending with them. Um, are you near family? Are you living away? We're living away at the moment. So that's challenging as well. And, you know, you, you constantly, or at least I am, I'm reviewing the direction I'm reviewing the heading, but, you know, as we mentioned at the start, I'll look at every opportunity or, or email that pops through and, and reference it against one of those three F's. Um, and at least then I'm accountable to the decisions that I'm making because, you know, I'm, I'm the one that stands against that. But uh, I think it, it is a refreshing way to look through a similar lens that that most coaches have day to day, right? Yeah. Mm. 
And I think, uh, you know, if people don't take you up on, you know, the 3F framework, I think just the importance of having a framework for decision-making. So you know why you're making those decisions, you know what your, your motivation is, and, and you're doing it like uh, cognizantly, you know, that you're conscious, you're not just chasing the logo or chasing the salary, or, you know, getting the next club on the CV to climb the ladder um, is really important. So I would I'd really, you know, we often, I had a great chat with uh, Derek Evely about your coaching framework and why it's so important to have a coaching framework. But I think equally for your career and for those decisions that, that impact, it's, you know, more important actually to have a framework for making decisions whether you know use the triple f model or use something else that they've created themselves mm-hmm. having that framework is is massively important where can people find the triple f framework so uh well you can either head to uh, my website noonanperformance.com and you head to the shop and you'll see it there similarly you could go to career blueprint which is josh fletcher's and, you, and you'll find it there as well the 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 idea was a, a collab and and that was really built on a chat that Josh and I had a couple of years ago. And I think as I've spoken about in a post, we had um, uh, some similar stories that, that resonated with each other really uh, and similar challenges. And, and if we're honest, they're the same challenges that, that many coaches have in the industry today. And some of those we've spoken about being overworked, underpaid, feeling undervalued. Um, but there's nothing really out there other than do I jump to greener pastures? Do I change my role? Do I, do I retrain? in order to fix those things it shouldn't necessarily have to be that way and the framework i want to be really clear the framework is not a make a jump to self-employed framework like figure out get your ducks in a row and and ask yourself a question do i want to go self-employed um nor is it a framework that that is about helping people do what we've done that is not that it's to say you pick it up and, and you go through a a really honest and a genuine stage of reflection. Ask yourself some questions about, am I living a life that's congruent with values, at least the values that I feel are important to me and or what people would say about me, friends, family, partner. And when you're faced with making decisions and or you're planning and thinking about strategizing what next, where to, what's the future hold for me, your, your hand will get held through an eight-step process that will take you from indecision to clarity and confidence um you know and whether you're looking to leap into head of man united as you aspire to and or into self-employment like i did in 2018 you'll be able to ask yourself some questions that inevitably you have when you you're feeling a little bit unsure um and lacking lacking the confidence to, to to figure out you know we all understand that when athletes are suboptimally performing and or they're struggling to cope with some of the extreme pressures of, of performance, that our thought process changes. We think negatively. We're not thinking optimistically. There's a lot of self-doubt, negative self-talk. And if you're faced with an opportunity or a prospect or at least a path which feels a little bit risky to you, more than likely that risk is going to look huge and a little bit daunting. And you're probably not going to take that risk on because you've decided that or at least your mindset and your behaviors have driven you to a point of that feels crappy, feels risky. It doesn't feel sensible. I think I'm just going to step away. No, no, is this a framework that teaches people to, you know, pull the pin and just make decisions that are kamikaze in nature. It, it's about making logical decisions that are in line with who you are and what you want uh, and having a framework, a really honest framework that keeps you accountable to some honest questions. Um, 
and it, it probably encourages people to share and talk about those things as well. You know, there's the steps in there that are not just individually reflective, but looking to to collaborate and have conversations with other people and giving you a framework to have those conversations with other people because again they're daunting conversations if you're not used to speaking in depth about careers or your own career with other people that you know like and trust so um we've taken our time to try and build something that's really comprehensive user-friendly dead simple and ultra practical to uh to, to help people form decisions or at least pick it up early in their career and keep it in their corner and just visit it now and again and just make sure that they're in the right heading and that when they are struggling with things they can have a little review and, and just say, do you know what? Things have changed and that's okay if they change, but this is the heading I'm in now. And this, this is how I think I'm going to gather my thoughts into a direction that feels right. And, and again, the framework helps you do that. Yeah. Well, I definitely say you, you know, you've achieved what you set out to do. And I think, you know, for the cost, it's, it's, uh, it's something that will instantly reap a dividend if it's only, you know, the mental relief of having things down on paper, but equally, you know, the decisions you make off the back of it will earn you more money, will help you, guide your career and your conversations a bit more and I think as you've highlighted maybe it's a really good tool for those people who don't have people around them who you know know if they bring up that conversation their boss is going to say what the f are you thinking about so you know to have the I guess the joint minds of other people to kind of go okay you know I can although I feel isolated I can work through this on my own yeah but I can get some input from people who've been down this path before and you know help with some some decision making things so I think yeah it's it's a fantastic tool I think Every coach should get it, you know, even if it's just to reinforce, yeah, I am on the right path, or it does throw up some challenges where you think maybe I need to make a, a bit of a pivot. Um, so I, I would definitely recommend people to to head there and get it. What's next for you in the next 12 to 18 months? What's coming up on your radar and, and down the pipeline? Yeah, well, building the empire. Um, we're, we're about to head into the next motor racing season. Um, so I'll be in, in Formula 2 for this year. We've got a pretty big calendar, so at least there's travel every month. Um, but, but it's only for like a, a five to seven days at a time, which is pretty good. So it can get quite intense, but then you, you get back home and you get quite intense with the family again. So that's a good little mix for me. And then privately looking to scale things again. And, and I think like I, uh, I referenced before, not just thinking about the time for money window and looking to scale things a little bit and chasing like many people, the idea of financial freedom um, and, and scaling, scaling a business. So yeah, some, some good business challenges I think ahead. And working on the business yeah mm, fantastic so where can people follow what you're doing and and you know find you on whether it's on social media or elsewhere where are the best places for people to head going to try and uh make the website a little bit more current and active regularly so noonanperformance.com uh is a, is a good place there if you want to gather information and you'll find me on socials on john noonan coach or one word uh usually most active on on twitter and instagram Awesome. Well, thanks so much for your time tonight, John. It's been really useful. And thanks uh, to you, both you and Josh for putting that manual together because I personally found it really helpful. And I know that there'll probably be lots of other coaches the same. Um, so we you know, really want to highlight that to people to because we we think it's a great tool and uh, you know, think it's, it's going to be really useful for a lot of people and help them through some tricky situations. So thanks for taking the time to put that together because I know having done things myself, that will have not been a five-minute job. That would have been a lengthy process. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, the, the nights where you were scratching your head thinking how to put this together were worth it. And I think people are going to really value that and appreciate it. So thanks for what you've done. Thanks for the kind words. I really appreciate it. That's very kind. Thank you.
Don't forget, you can find us on Instagram using the account at LTAD Network, as well as Twitter at LTAD Network, and find our website www.ltadnetwork.com. Thanks for listening to this episode. And don't forget to get your seven-day free trial to our online platform as well as 50% off your first month with the code LTADVIP50.